Hello, dear listeners. This is Valentina. Today I want to be heard by every citizen and politician of the countries of the European Union and NATO. I want to thank you once again for all of your support and apologize for our president's behavior on the last NATO summit. With our community, we agreed upon one letter that we would like to address to these countries. First, I will read this letter out and afterwards add some of my thoughts. Okay, so here is the letter. Dear representatives of countries of the European Union, NATO, ministers and presidents, partners and friends, we sincerely apologize on the behalf of Ukrainian people for the unworthy behavior of our president during the last summit in Vilnius. We understand that his rudeness was deemed unacceptable and it caused outrage among our NATO partners. Allow us to testify that such behavior does not reflect the views and feelings of the Ukrainian people. The Ukrainians are grateful for the invaluable support we received from you in resisting the aggression of the Russia Federation. Your solidarity and willingness to help was incredible to us. We appreciate every word of support, every material, military and humanitarian aid that has helped us and helps us still strengthen our security and protect our territorial integrity. We are sorry that our president does not reflect the appropriate level of professionalism in diplomatic relations. We assure that this situation does not reflect the general values and interests of Ukrainian people, which we share with you. Ukraine remains committed to its international obligations and partnership with NATO. We will continue to develop our diplomatic relations, proceed with necessary reforms and joint initiatives to strengthen security in the region. We appreciate the support we have received from you so far and would greatly appreciate any further assistance. We are deeply convinced that together we will be able to ensure peace and stability and confidently move towards our common goals. Let us once again express our sincerity and gratitude for your support and we look forward to further cooperation with you. Best regards, people of Ukraine. End of the letter. Okay, and now some of my thoughts. I am really ashamed and I truthfully apologize for the actions of our president. His behavior, actions and words are so childish, so immature that 
it shouldn't take a place in our diplomatic agenda. And this is not just about Vilnius Summit. It is a consistent political agenda. Take a look at the recent events. Our ambassador in Great Britain, after this event, tried to smoothen the situation and apologized for our president. And what has happened to him? Well, he was fired. He was fired for the attempt to actually re-establish good relations and return the trust which Ukraine used to have in Britain's political life. Was he a bad or not professional ambassador? No, on the contrary, he was a good one. Many diplomats of ours had a stiff consensus about him. You could try to excuse Mr. Zelensky by saying something like uh, one can emphasize with him Uh, while someone is deciding whether or not to give us weaponry or accept us as a member of NATO, Ukrainians are dying. There is some truth to these words, however, it is still not an excuse for immature political strategy. The effect on the outer political life of our president is expected to build good, strong, reliable relations with our current and potential allies, not toxic ones. It is reflected on the fates of millions of Ukrainians who did not even vote for this president and parliament of such configuration. We expect that our president is the face of Ukrainian people. What we are seeing now is a face of some people who care just for Mr. Zelensky no matter what. These people do not care enough for Ukrainians and Ukraine as a whole. Far not all Ukrainians are so rude, manipulative and do not use poor tactics as an accusation with little or no reason for doing so. He is not representing the face of us all. And the longer war lasts, the less familiarity I see between my position and actions of the president on international platforms. Needless to say, I am really grateful for all you have done to this point and plan to do in the future. My appreciation is sincere. Despite all our political mistakes, we have no right to blame anybody but Russia and ourselves. Russia to be such bizarrely bar barbaric people and us not to prepare for the tragedies of war. Who else would we blame? This was not NATO who elected Mr. Zelensky on his post. This was not Great Britain who, before the full-scale invasion, cut our army's budget and put an axis 
of money into road repair? These were not politicians of the United States of America who claimed that Kharkiv and Mariupol are going to be fine, no evacuation of civilians is required. These were not Polish leaders who said back in January 2022 that everything is going to be all right. There is nothing to be worried about. That we should prepare not for war, but for barbecue. This was not Germany who destroyed our weaponry programs and manufacturing and weakened our national security infrastructure. Neither we nor our politicians have any right to blame any of our allies for the hell which is going on right now. The intelligence services of the United States, Great Britain and several other countries were consistent in their predictions as for the real threat of the massive war. And what did we hear from our media? The president himself said that there is no reason to panic, uh, there is no need to prepare for war, uh, for evacuation, that our allies just want us to panic, uh, we shouldn't do anything, they suggest. That's it. Nobody but ourselves are responsible for insufficient preparations for defense and resistance for this attack. Moreover, even given that Russian troops are stuck in Ukraine and the risk of attack to any of our allies is reduced as of now, every country should be prepared for any kind of unexpected turn on of events, thus keeping their countries protected. Of course, it would be far easier for our army and would prevent many deaths and injuries if we had modern tanks, weaponry, military jets and a lot of them. But leaving another country, another our ally, defenseless, is not the best option for a donor country in particular. I am neither a politician nor a diplomat, but somehow I understand that. Why don't our politicians understand the same basic thing? I wish I knew. Take a look at our infrastructure now. It has already been a year and a half since the full-scale war has started. But we have not organized any weapons or ammunition production on the massive scale. Well, probably some of the initiatives of some volunteering groups. They are not numerous. We are just asking, asking, asking and asking everybody to help. Meanwhile, we have all of the resources and money to build our military manufacturing, at least some of the weapons and ammo. Instead, we see massive corruption, robbery and inappropriate waste of money, perhaps both, 
those which are the taxes of our people and our international help, which is really sad. This is not the behavior of the country which is at war. Our news feeds are full of tenders which submit local and governmental budgets. Those are targeted for parks reconstruction, gardens expenditure, road repairment, national television series production. Even if these aims are not really justified, there are millions and tens of millions of criminals we see on the Prozora service. One could argue that these causes are still important even at war. Yes, they are important, but not meanwhile our warriors, our soldiers, face severe deficit, even in basic first aid kits. After all of this, our politicians have courage still to blame NATO members for not accepting us as a member of this organization. This is ridiculous. Once again, I am not politician or diplomat, but I do not think that NATO is not accepting an army. It accepts a country as a whole. Our army is ready to join the alliance, but for the country it means there will be no ways to steal, corrupt and gain mind-blowing amounts of money in politicians' pockets. So my guess is our politicians are not ready indeed to join NATO or European Union. We still face corruption. We did not undertake necessary reforms to approach this goal. What do we expect? Shaming and accusing NATO not for accepting us is really childish. We need to be a member of Alliance, so that is we who should show, show significant progress and efforts to suit all the requirements. On the bright side, we see some declarative narratives about unnecessary expenses of local budgets. At least our president said that it should not take a place. Well, thank you. That is what many posts of mine were on social media about during the last half of year. Recently our society also started to accuse politicians for it. That is why these declarative statements have been pronounced and published. Has anything changed by now? No, nothing that I can see and what would have proven to help our soldiers. As of now, it is unlawful to organize meetings and protests due to the military state in the country. Sadly, this instrument is not in our arsenal so far. But we still have some influence on our mayors and president by the means of criticism, at least in social media and communication. 
To my disappointment, social pressure does not work as fast as I would like it to. But little by little, I hope we will change our country for better. And we will demand the reforms that we need, despite the war. I hope soon we will receive a membership action plan, follow it as fast as we can, and will join NATO and European Union not as a gesture of pity and mercy, but fully deserving it. We are the first who need these reforms and changes. There is one more thing that I would like to clarify. Why wouldn't you hear a lot of voices like mine? Why do you not hear so many people criticizing our politi political apparatus? The answer is clear. It is fear. We already have quite a significant number of people who were criticizing, criticizing them and who ended up in jail. I did not commit any crime. All of my, all of my taxes are paid and always on time. As for my criticism, I have no problem with military agenda of our country. I have a problem with the diplomatic strategy of our politicians. But if I will be jailed, the reason might be only one. The same as for those people in jail that I told you about before. If I will feel a great danger of such a scenario, I might leave the country. I will not flee from war. I will flee for political pursuit, seeking a political asylum elsewhere. One more thing to remember, I am a girl, and to leave the country for me is far easier. Sadly, it is not the case for our men. Only women, children and elderly people can leave Ukraine. Not only this is unjust, this is also unlawful. In addition, our men are still subjected to forceful mobilization, despite our law. And constitution. Well, okay, that's it for now. Uh, let me again express gratitude for international support and accept my apologies for our politicians' actions and claims, including those of our president. We will be doing our best to reassure that rudeness is not a right way to keep relations with our friends and partners. I hope for your understanding. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening and stay safe.